This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. Hey, welcome to another weekend in the WHL, and we have lots going on this week ahead. The 2022 Kubota CHL-NHL Top Prospects game is back this year. It's set for Vancouver. Dan Mars, the director of NHL Central Scouting, he'll join us to talk about that one-stop shop of the best prospects in Canadian junior hockey on the same ice. Matt Bardsley is back from the WHL, the new general manager of the Spokane Chiefs. We spoke with Matt, and we'll share that later. And he's a top prospect for next summer's NHL entry draft. Andrew Crystal of the Kelowna Rockets, the WHL Player of the Week, and he'll be our guest. First up. Well, the 2022 Kubota CHL-NHL Top Prospects game is back. It is set for Langley in January. And we have the Vice President and Director of NHL Central Scouting, Dan Marr, stopping by WHL this week. Dan, uh, I'm sure it's great to be back out on the trail as we speak. You're ready to do a bit of a Western Canadian swing, so it's that time of year, isn't it? Yes, we're all excited to get back, and we're all excited that the fact that everyone's and set up to have we're back to our traditional scouting cycle, traditional season. Everyone is so happy that we're we're in, in this good place. Yeah, uh, we talk about the prospects game. It is back. It, it really is a, a one stop shop with all the top prospects on the same ice surface, and it comes out west again this year. I know it's just one game, but from a scouting perspective, this has to be a nice treat to have back on the radar. Of course, um, and, and you're correct. Like wh- whenever you can get the top. 40 prospects and the unique factor with this game is that the, the 32 clubs actually select the players. Uh, we, we send a survey out and we end up, we get the top 40 players by position and we send that to the CHL and the invitations go out. So the NHL clubs are getting the opportunity to view the players they've deemed to be uh, the top prospects for, for this time of the year. And it's very difficult to go to a game and watch 40 players. But what, what the benefit is for the clubs is that they've normally just completed their midseason meetings or they're going into their midseason meetings. And they just get a quick snapshot of players that they've just recently talked about or players that they're going to be talking about at, at their meetings that are taking place. Due to this game being later in January this year, I think most teams will have completed their midseason meetings by this point. So it's a good opportunity to come in and just get a snapshot of some of these players they've talked about. You get to see them in a different role than you may be accustomed to on their, on their junior team, because some players might not be in the, uh, might not be a top six forward, but he would get maybe top six forward in the prospects game that get that type of ice time where you just get to see him in a different environment, different, different players because he's playing with his peers that have similar skills and attributes. And one of the things that, you know, I'm Ontario-based, so you can you get the opportunity, if you're an Eastern scout, to go there, maybe just focus on the Western players that you don't get to see a, a, an awful lot of because they're all in one place. So having this all-in-one buffet of hockey players is very appealing to the NHL clubs. And there is a centerpiece for sure around that 2005-born age group in the WHL. It appears to me to be a real special age group uh, when it comes to top prospects here. Would the NHL Central Scouting agree with that statement this year, Dan? Well, when we, we're very careful when we use the word special. 
And, you know, for this year's draft class, class, there is only one player that's in that category of special. And, of course, that's Connor Bedard. And he just happens to be a local product for where the game's going to be played. But the 2005 draft class brings a lot of depth. And, you know, the Western Hockey League has a fair share at the top end when it comes to that depth for this class. And overall, I, I when we look, uh, we do a snapshot when we take a look at the top 100. We think that, you know, going in, into this draft class, that the depth and quality of prospects is there. Uh, every year, you, you know, you can't say there's going to be so many all-stars that come out of the first round or whatever, but we just feel that there's going to be a lot of players that come out of this draft that are going to go on to have productive National Hockey League careers. Well said, uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, you're right. There is a special one, Connor Bedard, but he's being closely uh, pursued by players like Braden Yeager and Moose Jaw, Zach Benson in Winnipeg, uh, Riley Height uh, in PG, Andrew Crystal uh, in Kelowna. Some some good young talent here. With that said, uh, Central Scouting prospect rankings are usually out around this time of year. What's the latest on that, Dan? Well, our, our players to watch grading that we put out is going to be coming out this year on October 25th. Um, what we've done is we've allowed the time. We have a, a history of the players from last year. A lot of these players participated in camps in, in the Canadian or U.S. side. And we wanted to give them a couple of games to start this year. Our scouts are out in the, in the field now uh, getting viewpoints on them. But, you know, there's going to be five or six players from the Western League that are in the A category. And then we're going to have a, a quite double that number, so probably in, in the B category, which are top three-round candidates for us. So it is deep. Um, and we've had to focus our crossover this year uh, on the West, which we haven't had to do for a couple of years. Uh, and that's always exciting. Uh, the, ta- the challenge for scouts, though, is to find a schedule. It's very difficult to find a schedule that's just related to the draft prospects. So it ends up being these aren't short trips when you go to scout the Western Hockey yeah, League, but yeah. uh, the same goes with the teams. It's not an easy league to travel through, but for the love of the game, every, everyone gets through it. Well, Dan, tis the season for hotel reward points and air miles. So uh, welcome back into the game here again, and uh, we hope to catch you when you come out west our way. Thanks a lot for being our guest here on WHL this week. All right, my pleasure, John. Take care. From the drop of the puck to the Ed Chanel Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. Matt Barnsley started his WHL management career with the Portland Winterhawks. That journey led to the Kamloops Blazers, where he held the title of general manager for three years. And after a year as scout with the NHL's Philadelphia Flyers, he is now the GM for the Spokane Chiefs after signing a long-term deal. I caught up with Matt this past weekend in Spokane and asked him about his new role and his new city. Yeah, no, it's good. We uh, moved here in July and uh, were able to get a house, uh, well, basically in July when we got the house we moved here um, so it's all good kids are in school and uh, yeah everything's great nice uh, the hockey team you inherit where would you say it's at right now as far as it its cycle goes a team that you know they made a coaching change and, and found their way into the postseason before a before a first round exit yeah I think it's heading in the right direction for sure I think uh, there's still some uh, veteran leadership some experience um, and then we've got some young guys that we're real excited about so um, I think it's going in the right direction. I think uh, the great thing is 
you know, in our division and even the conference, I mean, there's there's really good teams, so it's going to force us to be at our best, which uh, I think will hopefully help the, the veteran guys, but also fast-track the young guys as well. Yeah, uh, you inherit a team, obviously, whenever there's, you know, there's turnover, uh, like a, a new general manager and like a new head coach. In this case, your interim coach becomes your head coach. You know that it's, it's a bit of a, a build here. So give me some of the building blocks here uh, for the hockey club here moving forward. Well, I think, uh, you know, like I said, we... I still think you have some of your veteran guys that are part of the building blocks, even though they only may be with you for one or two more years. Um, you know, when they made the trade last year, getting a player like uh, uh, Chase Berthelet, you know, I thought he really embraced the opportunity coming here. You know, he went from a strong team in Winnipeg to, uh, you know, to a team that's trying to come up uh, in Spokane. And I thought he embraced the opportunity. And I've been real impressed with Chase as a person and on the ice. And I think he can be a building block, even though he's a 19-year-old player. Like I said, we you know you have guys like Mason Bopit and Graham Sward that also have experience. Now, kind of for them getting drafted, going through the NHL camps, bringing that back to us, kind of showing the way for the veteran guys, but also the young guys of of what they learned at you know at the camp and where they need to get to. And now they can help deliver that message. And then you know you have your young guys and certainly a player like a Berkeley Catton. That's a player that uh, we can certainly build around. And uh, there's some young guys. There's young guys that are going to be coming up. Uh, you know, next year as well. So I think that's just where it's at. I think, you know, we got a collection of some veteran guys that are going to show the show the way and lead the way, and then the young guys that, uh, you know, have to have to learn pretty quickly. You know, you always want to build through the draft, and you're big on draft and developing your own talent. And what is the, the draft pick scenario as far as, you know, your bullets in the chamber here the next few years look like? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I think this year we have all of our picks, and then uh, we have an extra third-rounder. And then I think, again, with, with uh, the moves that were made last year with uh, a Jack Finley, obviously, with even with Toporowski going to Kamloops and getting picks a little bit down the road. But what's kind of nice is every year there's an extra pick, whether it's a second-round pick or third-round pick. And I think those are really important, as, as you said, whether it's through the draft or if there's a player that you can acquire using one of those picks. Uh, you know, you do have to build through the draft, but it doesn't stop there. You're looking for players you can add as a list player uh, if we do acquire a player. But... Uh, but that's, you know, that's kind of the mindset, the focus that I've always had uh, during my time. Well, as a general manager coming into this situation in Spokane, you want a long-term deal, right? So you can at least start to, you know, maybe show some of these seeds uh, a little bit later on in the draft here. So you're comfortable. I know that you got a good deal. You get an opportunity here to spend some time and really lay some roots here in Spokane. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's it's important, and it's certainly with our family and with where our kids are at. And, and you know, they're still young, but going through school, if we are going to, do that we wanted to make sure that uh, we were had a little bit of security that way obviously I still have a job to do and I have to do my part but uh, but it was nice to know that I get a commitment from the Spokane organization and uh, we feel really comfortable with it and uh, like I said I, I like the young group that we have I really like our coaching staff I like the people that I work with and work for and uh, just looking forward to this journey you were a pro scout with Philadelphia did you miss the daily battles there's so many you know, things you have to do as a general manager from a hockey club that people wouldn't even know about out there. But did you miss, you know, that, that stuff or not? Maybe you didn't. No, you know, you do. I think part of it is it's, you know, even when I was in Portland uh, as an assistant general manager and, and part of that director of hockey operations, you know, Mike Johnston, uh, you know, he allowed me to do a lot. He put a lot on my plate. So I was, I was always involved in that side of it. And then certainly coming to Kamloops in the three years, um, I think, you know, you, you miss that. You're used to it. You're, you miss the everyday uh, communication with the staff, you know, getting to know the players, getting to know the parents, everything like that. 
you know, on in the NHL scouting, it's it's incredible. It's the NHL. It's great. You're well taken care of. But sometimes you're a little bit on an island, like you just kind of travel somewhat by yourself, and there's a lot of long nights. I think I had one trip where it was a 10-day 10, 10 trip, and, you know, it is hard. You miss the kids, but it's it's also, uh, you know, my wife that's picking up the slack, doing all of that. And uh, so so it's a little bit of both. I mean, I really enjoyed the NHL. Philadelphia was incredible. They're just a great uh, organization to work with, uh, really family-oriented, which was endearing to us. Um, but at the same time, we certainly missed, you know, the day-to-day stuff. And you're right. There's a lot of stuff that goes on, but it's it's part of managing. But uh, but I do enjoy being around the staff and uh, and the uh, the players and the parents and that daily interaction. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Kelowna Rockets 17-year-old forward Andrew Crystal put up five points in two games. He's been named the WHL Player of the Week. He's parlayed a strong start to the season after a strong rookie campaign last year. Regan Bartell has more. Andrew Crystal had an outstanding rookie season. He set a new Kelowna Rocket franchise record for goals by a 16-year-old, 28. Andrew, coming into the year, you had probably high hopes for success. Do you anticipate to have that much success offensively? Um, maybe not anticipated to get uh, you know that much uh, offensive production, but um, I was definitely confident in myself heading into the year since I got to play in the bubble and uh, I knew all the guys. But um, you know, to be able to have that year, um, I feel really good coming uh, to this camp and into regular season coming soon. Okay, so almost thirty goals as a sixteen-year-old. When did you know that? Okay, this is this is doable. Yeah, um, I'd say. <laughs> Around mid-year, I feel like at the start I was kind of getting a couple more assists than goals, and and then I started to put a few in, and you know maybe that 30 goal mark crossed my mind a, a couple times, but uh, I wasn't thinking about it too much. Just kind of wanted to go out there and play. Okay, are you tweaking your mindset a little bit because I thought passer before shooter, and now early on in your second year I see more maybe shooter than passer. Would that be fair? Um, yeah, I mean I try to just. Uh, you know, take whatever's given to me. So if, if the shot's there, I'm definitely going to take the shot. I'm not going to shy away from it. Um, but if the pass is there, I'm, I'm always looking to pass as well. So um, I feel like I'd like to have that balance in my game where I can be a threat as a shooter and a passer. What does it feel like to score a goal at the WHL level? The fans going crazy. I don't even know what goes through your body. Is it a is it an electric shock or what do you feel? Uh, I'd say, yeah, it's it's an electric shock for sure just pure adrenaline when you score a goal especially at home here in, in Prospera the fans go crazy so um, yeah it's unreal and, and just adrenaline rush for sure is it fun though to score on the road because the building is dead quiet and you're kind of sticking it to them yeah definitely you know there's a big difference when you score at home and away away is is you know it's all they're all cheering they're saying uh whatever chance they have for their team you score and it goes dead sound you you can only hear the guys on the bench uh cheering so um it's awesome to score away as well yeah your goal scoring celebration have you worked on that is it something that you try to you try to have a kind of a go-to does does every goal score have kind of a go-to to celebratory celebration <laughs> yeah um i mean there's always a couple go-tos that you have in the back of your mind um, i'm trying to you know not celebrate too much but uh you know there's a couple that that come in the back of my mind when i score a goal for sure biggest goal you've ever scored in a rocket uniform or nicest would be this is pretty obvious no yeah, uh, I mean the, the lacrosse goal that was uh, that was a pretty special one for sure to to get it done early in the season. Uh, I always tried in practice, and and uh, that was my first time I ever hit it, so uh, it was awesome. 
but you've gone to it before. You're not scared to, to give it a secondary chance. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not uh, afraid to try it again. I've, I've tried it a couple of times, and I've got stopped and maybe hit the crossbar once. But, um, I mean, if it's there, it's, it's a play that I know I can make, so I'll take it. What is it like to play with Colton Dock? I mean, boy, that guy can shoot the puck, but he can also pass it too. Yeah, it was awesome being able to play with Colton. Uh, he was really big for me last year. He was definitely a role model of mine, and, and being able to play out there with him, he creates so much space, and, and he's got a, a heck of a shot, and he can also pass the puck really well too. So uh, it was awesome to be able to play with him. Andrew Crystal joins us for a few minutes, sophomore season here in the WHL, and uh, a gold medal winner at the under-18s. Tell me about the tournament. Of course, you want to destroy gold, but also to share it with uh, your coach and also a teammate. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, it was a pretty incredible experience to, you know, be able to represent your country and, and play on that stage. And being able to share with Pricer and Mally uh, was was pretty surreal. And, um, you know, those moments don't come around too often. So I took advantage of it, and, and it was awesome to, to be able to be there. World Juniors. That's got to be on your radar next. Yeah. Uh, I mean, World Juniors, it's kind of the, the next one, I guess. So, um, I mean, it's it's definitely on the radar, but right now I'm just, you know, focusing on my game and then this year, and, and that stuff will come later. Draft year. Yeah, it's NHL draft year for you. What is that like to go into that where there's a lot of hype around you? Yeah, um, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of pressure on, on me, and, and I put some on myself, but... Um, I mean, you try not to think about it too much again. Like, I just come out here, practice every day, work hard, and, and you know, good things will come with that. So uh, I'm just trying to focus on, on my game and helping this team win. Help me out here. Do you, when you play against a an elite draft eligible player, are you trying to match or exceed what he does on the ice? Do you almost look at it as a one-on-one battle? Um, I mean, you, you know of other players. You know, you play against top prospects and stuff like that, but... Um, I try not to, you know, compare myself to anyone else. I, I, I kind of know what I'm good at and know my strengths, so I try to do that out there, and I'm not really looking to, you know, compare myself to another player on the ice. I kind of just want to go out there and do my thing and showcase what I can do. Andrew, everybody can get better. What do you need to get better at? Um, I think I can always work on my, you know, my speed and my strength. Um, a big thing of mine this season, though, definitely is working on, like, my defensive zone positioning, um, just being in the right spots and, and stuff like that. So I'm definitely working on it, and I think it has come a long way since I've uh, came to Kelowna, but that's definitely something I'd want to improve on as well. Are you hard on yourself? Um, I'd say I'm pretty hard on myself, yeah. I have, I have some pretty big expectations of myself because I know what I'm capable of doing. Um, so, I mean, I do have... Um, I put, I put pressure on myself, but then again, I, I just like to go out there and have fun. So, yeah. Last question for you is just about the team. What, what do you think this year? What are the expectations? 40 wins last year. Can you equal that, that total? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely looking to get more than 40 wins this year. I think we got a really good group, a uh, lot of returning guys and a lot of players that are ready to step up and take some bigger roles. Um, so we're ready to come in, uh, into this year, and, and uh, yeah, we're expecting to have a good team. Right on. On that note, I'll let you go. Good luck this year. Play well. I know you will. You'll be one of the offensive catalysts on this team, and I, I want to uh, shout your name out more than a few times as scoring a spectacular goal. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, that's the show. Thanks to our guests, Dan Moore, Matt Bardsley, and Andrew Crystal, and a tip of the cap to Regan in Kelowna for his help. I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening.